welcome to the Corporate Hippie Hustlers podcast. My name is Allie Brine, and I am a career alignment coach, consultant, and speaker. I teach mindful and practical tools to high-earning, high-potential millennial women who want to stay in the corporate world, but finally find a career that they are actually passionate about. Crazy concept, right? My ultimate goal is to get the right people in the right positions by challenging the status quo of the corporate world. I know some of my ideas might hit you as a little hippie, but after getting my master's at a top-ranked business school for human resources management and spending some time in a Fortune 31 company, I've got some more traditional corporate thoughts for you too. I love pushing you out of your comfort zone because I believe that there is no excuse to not be the best version of yourself. If you are ready for a new take on some more traditional corporate tools combined with mindful hippie ideas in order to take your career from stuck to aligned, you are in the right place. I don't play average and if you're here, I don't expect you to either. So let's do this thing. What's up, gang? Welcome to the Corporate Hippie Hustlers podcast. My name is Allie Brine, and I'm really excited to talk on today's topic. So let's get going. I teach on both mindful as well as practical tools that will help you as a high potential, high earning millennial woman for you to move forward in your career. But if you are new to this game, sometimes it can be a little confusing to fully understand how the mindful and practical tools go together and how mindset fully affects your corporate career. It can be confusing to understand how when you want to make a change in your corporate career, including potentially leaving a job altogether, someone like me who is a coach might not recommend the very first thing you do to be to go out and fix your resume and then spend hours scouring the interwebs looking for that dream position that's going to mostly fit your skills for you to go ahead and apply to and then probably never hear back from someone on it. And I'll be completely honest, sometimes my clients initially get frustrated because they don't feel like they're taking enough action in the first few weeks of us working together. In my career revitalization program, the first like three or four weeks of a six-week program are focused on your mindset and they're focused on assessing past patterns to see how the heck you ended up where you are. And this all happens before we even dive into you looking at your LinkedIn profile, learning how to connect correctly and network correctly, learning, you know, applying for jobs. You don't apply to a single position in this program before you get your mindset straight. It's entirely counterintuitive to how we have been trained and conditioned by society to think that if you want to make a change in your career, you have to take all of the massive action first and then see what happens. 
it's very much this typical mindset of the, if you just work harder, you'll totally be successful AF type mentality. And I take a different approach to this. Instead, I start by teaching you to focus inward first because it is so much easier to point the finger at some external something that is going wrong instead of taking the time to get to know where you are in your journey and where you are in your mindset work before you take on all of the practical in your career search. So I remember the exact time in my own corporate life when this concept started showing up for me full force. So to give you a little bit of background, if you are new to the game here, I essentially did everything I was supposed to do, everything society had conditioned me to do in order to be successful in my career. And when I say successful, that is society's version of success (laughs) because I was rolling with the punches of what I was supposed to be doing. And that for me started with my undergrad degree at the Ohio State University. So I had a psych major for my undergrad there. And right after school, I ended up getting a position as a third party recruiter. And I'll be honest, I love people. I love working with people. I love helping to change people's lives obviously, hence why I am here. A previous career counselor of mine actually uh, was taking a look at my resume the one day and she says, you know, it really looks like you enjoy connecting people with opportunities. And I was like, can I steal that line? Because that was fantastic. She had summed it up perfectly for me. So, This enjoyment of connecting people with opportunities actually made recruiting a really good fit for me to begin with. I was fantastic at recruiting. I won sales contests. I got to take my parents on an all-expense-paid trip to New York City, which was a blast. And I was really good at recruiting. But in all reality, I hated it. Oh, I got to the point where I hated it. I really enjoyed it to begin with because it was a new challenge and it was something that I had to learn, but then it got really, really boring. I conquered it quickly. I was good at it quickly. And then I was over it and there was nowhere to really move up within that company either. So it was a very small organization that I started with. And as I started to get bored, I started to get apathetic. I started trying to figure out what came next in my career journey. What the heck happened after job number one? And that is when the secret showed up in my life. I had a one hour commute both ways to work. It was rough. (laughs) So I had plenty of time on my hands to listen to to different content and to take on different content. And this was actually before podcasts were a thing. 
so I was listening to books and I was at the library a ton picking up books on tape and the secret crossed my path. Now I had heard of the secret before, but I hadn't like done anything with it. This is when it was really big into like Oprah was all about it and endorsing it and whatnot. And I like to think of the secret as essentially like my gateway drug (laughs) into this whole metaphysical type mindfulness spiritual world. So if I'm sure you're familiar with pieces and parts of The Secret um, just because of all the hype that was around it. It's now a Netflix documentary and a book and like I said before Oprah has endorsed it so it's a uh, it's definitely out there in mainstream pop culture. And Rhonda Byrne, the author, teaches the idea that you are the most powerful magnet in the world and your thoughts become things. That's a really big tagline in the book is your thoughts become things. And this is based off of the idea that your thoughts have a frequency tied to them. So what you are thinking and the thoughts that you are having can attract if you are on the right frequency to attract. So that's kind of like a very general high level of the secret. Uh, But what really stuck with me the most was the idea of thinking that you don't want something to happen is still drawing attention to it and it will make it happen. So if you're still thinking constantly on the same frequency and the same level of this thing that you don't want to happen, then it is going to happen. So here's an example according to The Secret. So thinking that you really don't want to spill something on this new shirt that you have and then you spill something on that new shirt. I know we can all relate to that. I have had so many instances of that in my life where I'm like, oh no, I don't want that to happen. And lo and behold, that exact thing happens. So what she is asking you to do in this book is to become more aware. So it wasn't necessarily this idea of like, not thinking negatively, like I don't want this to happen. Instead, she would say that you would think a thought along the lines of, um, I, my shirt stays clean and my shirt stays, you know, white or whatever. Instead of, I don't want this, I don't want this. You're thinking on the positive side of things and thinking, oh yeah, like my shirt's going to stay clean and therefore you won't have something stain your shirt. So, What really hit me wasn't necessarily the positive thinking that she had going on in this book and the think good things mantra and all of that good stuff, but instead it was the awareness piece for me. It was the having to pay attention to what's going on in your head, how you are phrasing things and what you are saying. Because up to this point, 
I hadn't really been paying attention to what I was thinking on like a day-to-day basis. So when I first started this practice, it was really tricky. Like it was hard to do. And you fell into like such habits, like back into your habits where you would like think about your thoughts for a little bit and be like, oh yes, okay, I got this for like a day. I'm going to think really positive thoughts so I can be a magnet for whatever these good things are that I want to come into my life. And then at some point you get distracted because work shows up or a crisis happens and or whatever it is, you get distracted from that internal work and all of the busyness going on around you takes you away from that. And It's not something that we are necessarily taught how to do, to be aware of your thoughts. Yes, you are taught this when you are feeling sad or upset or, you know, something negative is happening. You kind of are taught to put the focus back on yourself and you start processing, you know, what's going on. Why am I feeling this way? How do I move through this? And that's if you're aware enough to begin with and not just like flat out numbing the pain. So it's a brand new challenge. You're taught to do this in a time of like sadness or weakness or whatnot. But what about on like a Tuesday in the middle of your work day? I had to catch myself multiple times being like, oh, wait, hold on. I have to, I have to read. I have to rethink that essentially. <laughs> so fast forward, I'm um, working in a new job, so I'm not in recruiting anymore. I have moved to a new city and moved to Columbus, Ohio to work in career services at the Ohio State University. And I had plenty of free time on my hands. I didn't know anyone in the city at the time. Um, I had a few friends left from grad school, but they were in their jobs too. So we were all very busy. Uh, But my job at Career Services was very much like an eight to five kind of thing. And I didn't have to take work home with me. So it was kind of mind numbing, kind of boring, but that's neither here nor there. But the moral of the story is I had a lot of free time. And so I started practicing vinyasa hot yoga. I found a studio mostly out of curiosity. I had taken yoga as an elective in college. It was one of those like fun things as a senior when you had a little bit of extra time and you needed an extra credit. Um, So myself and one of my roommates started yoga and I even took a golf class the next semester. Um, But I had dabbled a little bit uh, since then, but nothing too serious. So when I started practicing hot yoga, it was like my entire life just changed. It changed completely. I remember being on the phone with my mom. I used to talk to my mom all the time. I still talk to my mom all the time and saying, Mom, I will literally stop paying for groceries if that's what I have to do to keep paying for my yoga classes. I will stop eating for yoga. (laughs) It was affecting me that much. 
and I kept going to classes. I went to so many yoga classes in this time frame. It was sometimes every single night of the week I would go to a yoga class. Sometimes I would go to two classes in a night. I would do like a power class and then I would do a uh, like a yin or a stretching type class afterwards just to kind of calm down. And it was like an addiction. But there were a lot worse things that I could have been addicted to. So... As I'm going to yoga, at first I noticed the changes in my physical body. I was stronger. I was losing weight. It was fantastic. Not going to lie on that front. I was in the best shape of my life. And then I started to notice changes in my mental state. So not only my physical body, but also my my mental side, my mental body. I would go to a yoga class if I had something that I needed to work through going on in my life. That was like my outlet. That was my release. And at the time, I was in a pretty messy relationship with a guy who just didn't have time for me. I was really bored at work. I didn't have a lot of friends in Columbus yet. So I had a lot of things that I needed to work through. And I would go into these classes and I would just come out on a total high. Like there were times I dreaded it, but if I could drag myself to class, I it fixed everything. Now, This is not a promotional podcast for yoga, but I do highly suggest you try it if you haven't. Uh, Not just like a one-time thing, you need to stick with it. But what happened in those yoga classes was that I became aware of my own thoughts. I became aware of my own little monkey mind, as so many of the yogis like to call it, and how much just junk I was wasting precious space on in my little head. Like, I remember thinking in the midst of this yoga craze in my life, I don't care what happens to me. I can handle it. I was so on top of things. I was so in the flow. It was incredible. I could work through any issue that came up. Being aware of what was going on in my own head led to some of the craziest shifts happening in my entire life and in my career. So in three years time, because of that mental awareness, here's what came into my life so easily. Somehow, I managed to have set myself up to get a free master's degree in human resources management from a top program in the country. Yeah, guys, free. An internship with a Fortune 50 company who also happened to be the America's best employer at the time. Okay, and on top of that, I had the ability to leave my full-time job that I was working at Ohio State for the summer in order to go and take that internship. 
on the very last day of my internship, I was offered a full-time job with that company after graduation, and that position that I took without knowing where I was going happened to end up being within an hour of my family. I'm very close with my family, so that was amazing. And in that full-time offer that I got for after graduation, that came with a $50,000 raise. $50,000 from what I was making at Ohio State. I also managed to graduate within the top 10% of my class while I was working full-time and going to school full-time. I lost 40 pounds. I was in the best shape of my life. I met my now fiance who showed me the most amazing relationship and taught me what that looked like. And then when I moved after graduation for that new position that I had mentioned, I manifested such an incredible house in that new city. And those are the things that I can think of off the top of my head. If I went back and looked at like my journals or writings or things that I did during that time, I'm sure that there was a ton more that showed up in that time period for me simply because I was aware of my thoughts. Were my thoughts positive and perfect during this entire time frame? Nope. No way. But going, <laughs> going to grad school full-time, working full-time, managing a new relationship, that was all really stressful. But what did come out of all of this was that I could recognize my patterns of how I got where I was and realize if and when I needed to shift my own awareness in order to move forward. So if you are in a position in your career right now where you are wanting to change and not sure what that change looks like, or you're fearful because of the external circumstances going on right now about a change, even though you need one and you know you need that change, I would encourage you, instead of going straight on all of the job boards and, you know, updating your resume and taking that action first to look at your mindset to start becoming aware of what's going on in your own head every single day, not just in the times of crisis, not just when you're feeling down or whatever, like every single day. So you can do something like journaling if you want to become more aware, especially like a free writing practice. So free writing is just uh, sitting down with a piece of paper and removing judgment from your thoughts. So, so often we'll be like, okay, what do I write in my journal? Uh, dear diary, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but like, what do I write in my journal? Oh no, I can't put that on paper. Like who would write that? I can't write that. So then you try to find something else, but what's coming up for you, you need to learn to trust. So you don't judge, you just write. And even if your writing is 
I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write a hundred times until some other thought shows up for you. Or another practice for you, if you are still pretty new to this work um, and being aware of your thoughts and aware of your mindset is to set a couple alarms on your phone or on your work calendar and have them say something like, what are you thinking about right now? Or how are you feeling in this moment? Something along those lines will trigger you and give you a 30 second pause to go, ooh, I don't like what I'm thinking right now. I don't like how I'm feeling right now. What do I need to do to change that pattern? Pulling a book or pulling a page out of the secret. So becoming an objective observer of your own thoughts will change your entire life and it will change your entire career before you even go out there trying to throw your resume at a million different postings. So let me know how this process works for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Corporate Hippie Hustlers podcast. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn for daily corporate and mindful tools to help you find a career you are passionate about in the corporate world. I'd also love to have you in the Corporate Hippie Hustlers Facebook group where you can find your tribe of other high potential, high earning millennial women who have a secret stash of crystals in their Louis Vuittons. I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode, and until then, keep hustling.